Hi friends, welcome to I Am Epiphany, where my guests and I share the epiphanies that come from our personal journeys. You will get to hear my thoughts on a wide range of topics from pop culture to social justice issues to simply navigating life as a Black millennial. I am your creator and host, author and speaker Bethany Epiphany, and it is my pleasure to welcome you back. I would like to dedicate this episode to Jimmy from Jimbo Times. Jimmy is an LA native and a journalist and my homie. You know those people in your life who are just in your corner? They just cheer you on. Those people who uplift you and reflect your light back to you on those days when you are floating in self-doubt. That's Jimmy. He's my friend. Jimmy, you better be listening to this, okay? Because I don't be giving shout outs on the pod, okay? Anyways, hello friends. Today is Black Friday, which means yesterday was Thanksgiving, also known as the National Day of Mourning as a way to remember the democide and suffering of the indigenous people of this country. However you chose to acknowledge the day is your business. I just think it's interesting how we have a day of thanks and or mourning and then the next day it's like right back to capitalism. Cash rules everything around me, baby. But I digress. Life has been busy and the world is cray. Rest in peace to those who were tragically shot and murdered while enjoying their life and minding their fucking business while at an LGBTQ dance club in Colorado. Rest in peace to those who were shot and murdered not too long after that while shopping at a Walmart in Chesapeake, Virginia. Y'all, it's just so infuriating. It's so senseless. We're talking about real people, real lives. Like it's, it's just heartbreaking and it's scary. The people of a country represent the health of that country. The people in this country are not okay. America is spiritually and morally bankrupt. And you got to stay prayed up. Like for real. But anyways, I am well. Friends, and I hope you are well also. Oh my gosh, you guys. My my locks. My locks are getting longer. <laughs> it's becoming real. I've been experimenting with lock jewelry and stuff, finding my vibe, taking care of Sheba, um, making sure that she's flourishing in these streets. I continue to watch lock videos on YouTube. I love watching black women wash their hair, style their hair, talk about their hair. Doing our hair is a part of our self-care. And watching Black women showcase their self-care via hair care is just relaxing to me. It is so relaxing. If I'm stressed, I watch hair videos on YouTube. And it works every single time. Outside of my locks, a lot has been going on professionally. A lot has been going on personally. Ciao. Woo, ciao. 
Lord. Okay. And I've been trying to balance it all. It's also winter and the days are shorter. It gets dark at like 4 p.m. But that's also because we do this daylight savings thing, which I don't really understand. It's like, why are we messing with time? Why can't we just stay at the same time all year round? But when the sun goes down, mama goes down too. Okay. And I just want to cozy up and snack (laughs) and watch Netflix. Oh my gosh. If you have not seen Love is Blind on Netflix, what are you doing? Um, Also, I'm working on not shaming myself for wanting to rest. Like I'm reminding myself that rest is productive and to not feel bad about that. But today was the perfect day for me to pop out an episode. Thanks for the push, Jimmy. For the past two seasons of this podcast, on Thanksgiving or around Thanksgiving, I share a list of things I'm grateful for. For this season, being that the theme is the road, right? So the focus is on the road to gratitude. And I have certainly had my moments when I'm not operating from a state of gratitude and instead becoming frustrated by the things I do not have. The journey to gratitude constantly gets interrupted by comparison. I have fallen into that trap one too many times and I am determined not to keep succumbing to that mentality. But more on that after the break. Welcome back. We are on the road to gratitude. I will be reading an excerpt from my first book, My Quarter of a Century Life Lessons, that highlights this same topic. Probably the hardest part of moving into your best life is to actually believe in yourself. Yes, I could advise and encourage you to believe in yourself and to utilize your divine gifts But there are so many of you out there who question whether you have anything to offer. You may not even be sure what your gifts are. It's so easy to be unsure and doubtful of our own gifts and talents when we constantly compare ourselves to other people. When we truly grasp this, we will understand how making comparisons creates feelings of lack and not enoughness which hampers our progress. The second most important lesson I've learned and continue to learn is to believe in yourself and never compare yourself to someone else. This was and continues to be a tough lesson to learn because our Western society in particular fosters an unhealthy competitive mentality where someone is always considered to be better than someone else. Through the media, we are constantly told that we are not beautiful enough, fit enough, smart enough, good enough, etc. This type of overt criticism and subtle mind conditioning aids in our insecurity, which fuels us to buy into whatever beauty product, diet drink, or fashion label that guarantees to make us quote-unquote better and acceptable to the in-crowd. This competitiveness and incessant comparison are what lead to our unhappiness because we are constantly looking at 
or longing for what we think someone else has that we feel we need, deserve, and don't have. We feel as though the things we don't have will make us happy, when in reality, we don't know that for sure. We see ourselves for what we feel we lack instead of focusing on all the good that we possess. It's spiritually disruptive and an extremely frustrating mentality to have. I know all about this from firsthand experience. After I graduated college, I would get so frustrated because I had an idea of what life after college was, quote unquote, supposed to be like. A great job, my own apartment, and an overall great start on my future. Well, it didn't quite happen like that. When I graduated, the recession had a great impact on the job market, which meant I couldn't work at my quote-unquote dream job. Not that I knew for sure what my dream job was at that time. I had to take work that wasn't fully in my field. Not to mention that the pay was definitely below my expectations. When reality didn't match up with my expectations, I felt like a loser. I had this idea of where I was supposed to be, but where did I get this idea from? Well, this idea came from our culture, a culture that said that after college graduation, your life is supposed to look a certain way. You're supposed to be at a certain stage. And not being at that certain stage implied that there was something wrong with me, that I had made a misstep. I compared my reality with the expectations that society had set for a group of folks they didn't even know. And that group included me. I compared my reality with a picture in my head of what one might call the good life. And I grew to despise my reality. I rejected what was instead of embracing it and making effective moves to change what I didn't like. When I would hear about a few people who were doing certain things with their life, this would only add to my frustration because I also compared my situation with those who were my peers. I felt like I was putting forth an effort to shape my life and things weren't molding the way I thought they should. And of course, social media made it worse. I was not an avid Facebook user, uh, but when I did log on, I would see various photos and status updates about friends who appeared happy and excited about their life. It was as though they had found the secret to success. And I laugh now at the innocence and sheer naivety of that kind of thinking. It was as though they had knowledge on how to make your life turn out the way you like it to, and I didn't. I would ask myself, how did she get that job? How was he able to travel? What do they know that I don't? Why don't I have a car, etc.? I put myself into a funk, but I wasn't the only one. Apparently, there's a lot of peer comparison on social media, as I'm sure most of you have already heard about. In fact, journalist Belinda Goldsmith wrote a Huffington Post article in which she says, a study conducted jointly by two German universities found rampant, rampant envy on Facebook. 
the world's largest social network that now has over a billion users and has produced an unprecedented platform for social comparison. The researchers found that one in three people felt worse after visiting the site and more dissatisfied with their lives, while people who browsed without contributing were affected the most. We were surprised by how many people have a negative experience from social media with envy, leaving them feeling lonely, frustrated, or angry, researcher Hannah Crossnova from the Institute of Information Systems at Berlin's Humboldt University told Reuters. Andrea Shea writes, sure, it's easy to crack jokes about social media, but Belmont-based clinical psychologist Craig Malkin takes findings like this seriously. The studies show that one in three respondents felt more dissatisfied with their own lives after spending time on the site. Unprecedented access to other people's photos also triggered emotional pain and resentment. According to Malkin, many 20-somethings are telling him and his colleagues that they actually hate social media, even though they're on it a lot. We're really just in the infancy when it comes to this research, but there are some themes that are emerging. And one of the clearest themes is when people go on to Facebook or social media, they're often crafting a persona. They're portraying themselves at their happiest. They're often choosing events that feel best to them and they're leaving out other things. In her report, Ms. Shea quotes high school senior Hannah Musgrove, who says, when you go on social media, it's kind of like you're going through everyone's pictures and you get lost in it and you're looking at everyone's life like oh that looks like so much fun oh they're so cool they're so pretty they have all these cool pictures but really they've taken so much time just to make that one image on their social media and Hannah admitted with a little laugh it can make you feel bad I guess or like you know down about yourself Andrea Shea also quotes 16-year-old sophomore Paige Herrera. There's definitely people that all of their pictures from parties look like they're having such a great time and you wish you were there. But then when you actually go to one of those parties, everyone's just sitting around and not doing anything except for taking these pictures. Author Pamela Newton chimes in. It's strange because we all know that in real life, people's lives aren't perfect. Jobs are boring, relationships are messy, raising children is complicated and exhausting, travel is riddled with challenges, and this doesn't even address the various psychological and emotional struggles we all face. But we can't resist the lure of other people's self-created versions of themselves any more than we can resist the lure to similarly self-create and stay in the game. The funny part, though, is that we're all doing it to each other. The same people who are making you feel like a loser because you don't have children are feeling like losers looking at your profile because you go on such exotic trips. What exactly are we all doing it for? Is it some kind of frantic competition to outperfect each other? Are we filling some kind of existential void with the prettiest stuff generated by our own lives? Perhaps social media gives us this same sense that we exist 
in combination with the freedom to define that existence however we choose, we can literally reinvent the events of our lives almost as they occur. Author Daniel Gladi, another Huffington Post contributor, writes, Comparing ourselves to others is a key driver of unhappiness. Tom DeLong, author of Flying Without a Net, even describes a comparing trap. He writes, no matter how successful we are and how many goals we achieve, this trap causes us to recalibrate our accomplishments and reset the bar for how we define success. And as we judge the entirety of our own lives against the top 1% of our friends' lives, we're setting impossible standards for ourselves, making us more miserable than ever. If you heard the Huskies in the background, my deepest apologies. But essentially, we are driving ourselves crazy for no reason. Comparison and judgment are pretty much the same, and most times used from the same mindset. The only thing that comes from comparison is dissatisfaction and resentment towards yourself and others. It is a terrible habit to develop and one that will not serve you well. We have become a culture that is ungrateful as a result of being blinded, in fact, mentally controlled or hypnotized by what we see on the computer, television, and movie screens. Because of our trustful nature and acceptance of what we see in the media, we believe we know how fabulous someone else's life is and, in comparison, condemn our own. In reality, however, we are just assuming We have no idea, nor the truth about the intricacies of anyone's life, nor do we know whether or not we would actually want to trade places with them. We have forgotten how to live in a state of appreciation. There are millions of people from other countries, as well as right here in the United States, who would love to have a fraction of what many of us have. A loving family, shelter, food, transportation, clothes on our back, good health, a stable mind, and education, and the freedom to choose the life we want. But as the, as the well-known saying goes, you don't know what you have until it's gone. It was time for me to wake up, to shake the slumber from my eyes, and truly see all that I had ne- neglected to be grateful for. It made no sense to compare my life with the life of someone else. My life, my journey, my purpose, my plan is uniquely my own. And therefore, I have no reason to feel any worse or any better than anyone else. As long as I'm putting forth the effort to shape my life as I see fit and do what makes me happy, then the successes and lives of others should not foster disappointment, negativity, envy, or frustration about my own life. If anything, it should be fuel for inspiration. I had temporarily forgotten to remember who and whose I really was. Then again, perhaps it was because I knew and know who I am that I expected and felt I deserved something more. And things weren't happening during the time I wanted them to, nor how I wanted them to. However, I had to come to the realization that if I've done all that I know to do by first acknowledging God in prayer, asking for guidance, and next doing my part. Then the best thing to do next was to stand in faith, be patient, 
and let God handle the rest of the details. I actually have a tattoo on my wrist. Um, It says faith and it has a Bible verse underneath it to kind of serve as my reminder. But I still forget. But for someone like me who is very strategic with my goals, the idea of giving up control and allowing God to be God and to direct my course is scary. You see, like many of you, I had a plan for my life, but so does God. I had to put my faith to the test and know that things were going to shape up in the perfect way and at the perfect time. As long as I was doing my part, so would God. I had to learn to walk by faith, but I also had to develop my patience. I'm working on my patience. I wanted everything to happen now. I wanted my career, my success, my overall prosperity, all of it to happen instantly. And the fact that it didn't happen within my time frame made me very frustrated and doubtful. However, as the saying goes, Rome wasn't built in a day. No one establishes a career overnight. Nothing built that was meant to last was constructed in a day. It takes time. It takes time to gain a clear focus, to develop certain skills, and to lay a foundation. All things, whether it's people, career, buildings, or flowers, everything must go through stages. Coming to this understanding helped to ease my frustration and I was better able to focus on just placing one foot in front of the other. Not distracting myself by looking in the lanes next to me and not shaming myself. We go through so much shame. A lot of it is self-imposed. Sometimes it's from the outside, but shame is a motherfucker. And I had to learn how to shake that off, how to not be consumed by that. As God and I were in the process of molding and unfolding my life, I had to change how I emotionally responded to my reality. I had to adopt an attitude of gratitude and learn to appreciate the journey and my evolution instead of rejecting it. Remember who you are and remember what you already have. What you have and what's important are such things as love, life, good health, the opportunity to carve out your own destiny. These things are to be treasured, not compared. Your life in all its uniqueness is not up for comparison. Your gifted purpose here on earth is to live out your days being and bringing your best self to every situation and serving others in the process. Your best self is not to be in competition with someone else's best self. We must make it our goal to learn how to admire others and gain inspiration from their achievements without the destructive process of tearing ourselves down. It's a muscle that I had had to build, that I'm still building. We must learn how to strive for excellence even when we feel stuck and even in the presence of momentary personal disappointments. I'm reminded of a previous conversation with my mother about comparisons in which she discussed the beauty of God's floral creations. I remembered and had a revelation while standing on my front lawn. I began to think about all the flowers that would make up a garden. 
and my mom said something to the effect of, the sunflower doesn't compare itself to the lily, the azalea doesn't compare itself to the rose, nor does the bluebell compare itself to the cherry blossom. They are all able to grow and thrive amongst each other, expressing the full glory and wonder of God with which they were created. They know nothing of comparison or competition. Their only focus is on growing towards the light. They are happy to simply be. If only we would stop and take a lesson from Mother Nature. We foolishly curse our life before it's really begun, before being open to how our life will unfold. We must change our mentality from one of self-loathing to one of self-love where our focus is all about growing towards the light. And that is what my focus is on. My focus is on growing towards the light, understanding how to use my light. And that is what I hope and wish for all of you who are listening. My hope is that you grow towards the light, that you stay in your lane, that you enhance the gifts that are already given to you, that you already have, because we all have them. And that you have a good-ass time, that you laugh a lot, that you eat some good food, that you be around some good people. I wish all of this for you and so much more as we journey together on this road to gratitude. Until then, peeps, stay cool. Be blessed. Hey friends, thanks for listening. Please tune in every other Monday for a new episode of I Am Epiphany. You can learn more about me, Bethany Epiphany, at bethanyepiphany.com or follow me on Instagram at beepiphany. That is B-E-P-I-F-A-N-I. Until next time, everybody, peace.